Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome. Into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers. And the world champion, Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. On this, I don't even know how to describe this day. It's just, it's been so much of this lately. Just like this range of emotion that, you know, pulls you in different directions. You know, the Saints have been so disappointing and so just over-the-top frustrating this year. And then on the other hand, you have the Astros who just had a, a World Series victory parade. So, you know, it's just... It's craziness. I um, was at the basketball game last night, like we said, at Cajun Dome, the two basketball games. Those, Both of those had their fair share of encouraging signs, and we'll talk about that uh, a little later. But, look, I, I said from the very beginning, not an Andy Dalton guy. And even if you like Andy Dalton, like, what are they I, – I get once – they got off to the rough start record-wise and, you know, overall as well. Um, and they were in a desperate situation. They they had to win, and they had a little continuity with Dalton for a couple of games, and so they, they just kind of went with it. I get that. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. It's not what I wanted to see, but I totally get why, you know, Dalton is – played the last started the last few games I'm not I know he started more than a few but I mean the first couple were because of injury but I'm talking about once they once the injury wasn't the issue anymore so, per se I get why he started because they had to win you had to win now like you weren't winning any games and there was no way of knowing if there was anything between Jameis and and in the offense, and, you know, him, he hadn't played well, and he was trying to play hurt, and he looked terrible, and, I mean, all of that. So I get all of that. But, I, I, again, after – I mean, enough. I, I, no, no more Andy Dalton. Like, if they're going to be bad, and it looks like that's probably what's going to happen, although I guess you could still have a little bit of hope that if they're not playing a um, mobile quarterback – which is, you know, again, that's getting old too. Figure it out. Now, I understand you're not, it's not a strength of yours, but how can you just be totally inept against it and never figure it out ever? I, I just, I don't get that. Now, to be fair, they never, you know, they were one step behind the, the Ravens' offense all night, but. It didn't take much of an imagination where they could have held them to 20 points still. Now, I mean, again, they weren't, like, playing well. 
they they seem like a dog chasing its tail the whole game defensively. But they figured out a way other than, you know, the pick at the end where they just kind of gave them a touchdown at the end. Um, Again, didn't take much of an imagination. They could have held them to 20 points, and that should have been good enough to win. You know, even even at 27, there are a lot of teams – Score, give up 27 points and win in the NFL. Sometimes you have to do that. And they just, as, as you know, the defense did enough that if the offense had anything going on, they could have maybe pulled out a win or stolen a win. Um, I, I just, I don't know what they were doing. Like, if you wanted to keep your defense off the field, why are you not playing Batman? I I know most of you don't like Batman, but right now, if you're not going to just play Jameis just to see what you've got, you're better off playing Batman. At least they got to tackle him for four quarters. You can't, Andy Dalton, like I said from the beginning, Andy Dalton has zero ceiling, zero. His ceiling is incredibly low. Enough. I don't want to see Andy Dalton again. I didn't want to see him all to begin with. There is no future in Andy Dalton. They've got to stop playing that guy. Enough. I get why they've again, I get why they've done it the last three weeks or so. But that has it has to be over. Enough. Done with that. He can only do so much. He just can't. Now the play calling is not helping. Um, it's just not, they look, it's terrible. All, all this, I mean, the first 31 of the game, what in the world are you running Z28 for? Put Batman in the game. They put him in for like two plays. He throw. he completes a pass for a first down and he runs for six yards and then you don't see him forever. Like, what is that? What is that? He doesn't throw nearly enough passes. Batman has got to throw more passes. He's got to. I I just, it's crazy. Now, look, I guess it's possible that if seven wins is going to win the division, that they could get to seven. I mean, I, 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 I have... I'm normally a bad schedule watcher. I'm, it's been so disappointing this year. I haven't even looked at the schedule again. When they play a drop-back passer, they're going to have an average to above-average chance of winning. When they play a mobile quarterback, they have zero chance of winning, like zero. Like, they have no idea. how They, they, it, it, they just have no idea. It's like, it's like a, a, a normal team who never sees DeVere at the high school level around here who plays DeVere, and they, they just have no chance. They just they, they, they just have no chance. I, I, don't, I don't know how they can be that bad at it, but they are that bad at it. So I guess theoretically, if you know they play three, four, five more drop-back quarterbacks, they theoretically could win a couple of those games. But, but, but again... I know that a lot of you don't agree, and apparently, according to Luke from a couple weeks ago, 
the Saints coaches don't agree, although I, I just that's still hard for me to believe. If they've already made their decision that Jameis has no chance of ever being a starting quarterback in this league, I just don't know what they based it on. Like, in my mind, he still has not played a real game in the NFL. A real game in the middle of the season or towards the end of the season where, you know, you had a decent amount of players, you know, you're not in preseason mode anymore uh, or or you shouldn't be, and, and you're not being spoon-fed like he was last year. I mean, where we could you could just see. I mean, they're, 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 he hasn't played a real game yet. He hasn't played a true NFL game to evaluate him yet, in my mind. He, he's got to play. And look, he might do terrible. And if he does, no worse than last night, first of all. And second of all, you got to know for sure. You, 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 if they're going to keep losing and losing and losing, the problem is they're probably going to have too many wins to get a quarterback. And so the, and that's just like the worst-case scenario. Just the worst-case scenario. Uh, no more Andy Dalton. I, I'm just, I'm done with Andy Dalton. I was done before the season with Andy Dalton. I didn't want Andy Dalton to begin with. And he did a few good things. He's a veteran. I wanted a veteran quarterback, and he's a veteran, and we've gone over that over and over again. I'm done. I'm done with Andy Dalton. He has no ceiling. None. I, I It's got to end. The play calling, again, at times has been okay, but, I just don't understand why they go long stretches without using Batman. And I and, and um, five, six weeks ago, I said, pick up the playmaker. Oh, he's terrible. He's washed up, Kenyon Drake. He's terrible. Why would you want to pick him up? He didn't look so terrible last night. Of course, he's playing against, he's playing with a mobile quarterback against the Saints defense. I might could get one yard against the Saints defense to get with a mobile quarterback. Not really, but just something to say. But, I mean, it's pitiful. He he, he certainly was. He, why is he not a member of the New Orleans Saints, Kenyon Drake? Why am I having to watch Dwayne Washington run the football? I've been complaining about this for 15, 16 months since last March. They don't have they need another running back. What are they doing? They need another running back. Why am I watching Kenyon Drake run all over the Saints? The Saints should have picked him up. Why am I having to watch Dwayne Washington run the football? It's pitiful. Awful. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Yep. Hey, uh, I was calling in. Um, I just think the Saints need to take something from LSU's playbook on what they did to Bryce Young this past weekend with Harold Perkins Jr. I mean, it's not rocket science. Put Pete Warner on whoever the quarterback is. He's very fast. He's He can track people down quickly. I mean, that, to me, makes the most sense. But that's all I had to say. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. The problem is, how injured is Pete Werner? He got carted off the field last night. If Pete Werner can't play anymore, I just... I don't even know if playing a drop-back passer is going to do any good. But no, I mean, you would think at some point they would come up with... And again, 
it wasn't like they gave up 40 points last night like they have against the Eagles in recent years. But And so they did enough to give themselves a chance to win if the offense would have done pretty well instead of just being awful. And again, the offense was frustrating because they would get on several occasions, they'd get five, six yards on first down. One time they even got eight yards on first down, and they didn't get the first down. You should, I mean, how do you blow second and two? When you got Batman on your team, quarterback sneak twice at second and two, and you're going to get the first down. I just don't get it. Why overcomplicate second and two? I don't get it. You got second, you got eight yards on first down. Get the first down. Instead, punt, punt. And to be fair, up until last week, they were like the number one team in the whole NFL on converting third and ones. And and, and the in the one they didn't convert against the Raiders was just a silly little passing. It wasn't real. It it, it kind of it was easy to toss out. But the ones last night in the first half were just were, were crippling. Like you get to third and one, third and two, or second and two and third and one, you, you got to be able to get the first down. Just quarterback sneak. You get a yard almost every time. It doesn't do any good to have Batman if you don't use him. It doesn't do any good to have Batman if you don't use him. He has got to throw the football more. He has got to. It's unbelievable. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Again, open phone lines most of today's show. Like uh, We do have Cody as normal coming up in the 10 o'clock hour, but we'll get to some Cajun. If you don't want to just talk about depressing issues <laughs> with Saints football and Cajun football, the, again, I will have some comments on the UL men and women's basketball. We um, Anything that you want to talk about is baseball free agency. Man, they're not wasting much time. They're doling out crazy money. Anything to do with um, the offseason in Major League Baseball as well as high school football. We touched on that more on a Monday yesterday than we normally do. So any of those things, certainly feel free. On the game hotline. 706-0111 on the other side after this timeout on the game. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Oh, pleasure cruise. Pleasure cruise. Now, a sports career where things seemingly came easy as the player was surrounded by the best players, the best coaches, and caught all the breaks. Also known as Tom Brady's career. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ooh, welcome back. Well, remember talking about this a few weeks ago. The Sweet Dough Pie Festival has been rescheduled for this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Grand Coteau Town Park in Grand Coteau, where you could, uh, where the public is going to be the judge for the best sweet dough pie contest, and there'll be all kind of pie, great pies for purchase. Again, it's this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Grand Coteau Town 
Park in Grand Coteau. For more information, call 331-6352 or visit the Town of Grand Coteau's Facebook page. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Man, you see how God works just when you think you're having a bad day. You find out the sweet dough five festival's been changed and you can make it. Yeah. It's, that's that's wonderful, man. It's, I, I feel better already, Kev, because I'm afraid the season. What's what's so bad is the division is basically being handed to somebody on a platter this year. Yes. Everybody stinks. And they're just and totally play, imploding, yes. We could play mediocre football and actually win this division. And once you make the tournament, all bets are off. I mean, we've lost to a 7-9 and nine team in the tournament. So, it, it, getting there is the hard part. And it's just one step up, two steps back. And there were, there were two points. First off, we're trailing 20-3, to three, I think it was. We get down in the red zone. It is third and three. And I'm texting my buddy saying, this is two-down territory. Run the ball two times, put, put Taysom in there, run the ball two times, get this first down. And we incomplete, and then we take, or we take a 14-yard sack and got to kick a field goal. Yeah. That, to me, was the ball game at that moment. But to me, the most frustrating part of our offense, and it happened again last night, when it's third and three and you complete a pass, it needs to be a first down. I'm so sick of us throwing behind the sticks. And, you know, we, he completes the pass. The guy gets tackled right away, and it's not a first down. Is it that much more difficult to run 10 feet and then turn around to catch the ball? It's, that's the, my biggest sore subject with the Saints is how many times we actually throw behind the sticks, especially on third down. It is, it's inexcusable to me. I'd rather an incomplete pass than a completion where you're tackled without getting the first on third and short. It just makes zero sense to me, and it's going to drive me crazy. And I'm praying that we lost some talent last night to injury, man. McCoy out, Werner goes out, Davenport went out. I, I don't know how bad any of these injuries are, but we've already been like a mass unit between cornerbacks and wide receivers. Now we start losing linemen and arguably our best defensive player in Warner this year. Um, the, the outlook's not that positive right now, Kevin. And the sad thing is we're, what, a game back in the division still? Yeah, and, we just – And most of us – we're ready to throw in the towel and we're a game back, but I understand it. You just watch this team and you're like, it's frustrating. Part of us were spoiled, and I'll admit that. I'm part of a we – I mean, we've had a wonderful run of really good coaching and really good quarterback play, and we seem to be lacking both right now. And it's 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 hard to make that adjustment. Yeah, but I'm the biggest problem, the biggest problem, yeah, but the biggest problem with this team this year from now not 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 so much last night. The offense was the biggest problem with this team this year is the defense has been dreadful. Well, they started playing dreadful. better the last few weeks. Dreadful. I mean, I thought they played well enough to win last night. If you want the truth, they were they were a like dog. You, they were they were right on the edge all night. They found a way, and again, they deserve credit for only really giving up twenty points. But they never they they were a step behind the Ravens' offense all night. They were just running for their lives, and they it was it was awful. I don't know if you ever watched Peyton Manning and Eli Manning broadcast during the game instead of the regular play by play guys. 
but Peyton said that about halfway through the game. He said, I don't know, but the, the Ravens' offense seems like they're in the Saints' defense playbook because they're a step ahead of them on every single play they call. Yes. They're putting people in the right places to make the right plays on every single down. And Peyton said it's almost like they got the Saints' defensive playbook. It's incredible. And he said, I've never seen anything like this. Where it's like the offense knows exactly what the defense is going to do, and they're putting people in the right position to counter that. And it's like you said, we were a step behind them all night. All night. But you hold them to 20 points, dude. You no, you got to be able to score, and that, you know, the offense is dreadful. I mean, enough of Andy Dalton. They just got it's got it's got to end. No more Andy Dalton. I'm done with that. Well, I'd like to see a whole series of Taysom. Just at one point, say, "All right," like you said, he got in there and made like 20 yards in two plays, and then and then they pull and him, you and you don't see him, see him for it. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. All right, let me get another call in. God Thanks, Joey. Bro. Look, the Astros are still world champs. So. Absolutely, absolutely. All Later. right. Take care. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Hey, Foot. Howdy. It's over, Foot. I mean, I'm I'm one of, I'm one of these guys that I will I will wait until the end and I will figure out scenarios as to how this team can make the playoffs and this team's got to be I'll do that. This one's over, and and the reason why it's over is because they're one game back in the division, but there is nothing that's happened to make me think that they have a chance to win. I mean, if you look at the other teams in this division, you can hang your hat on something, right? The Falcons are they they got something working over there. Tampa, they they won, and they 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 got Tom Brady, and you're like, okay, we we got we got nothing. And and you know, RP3 said it said it best, in my opinion, uninspired. That's what they're doing. It's uninspired football. And you could tell nobody wanted to be there last night. None of those guys are playing hard. The defense played a little a little better than they had been. But it's uninspired and that's what you get with Andy Dalton. And I, I just I'm so I'm not, I'm so depressed. It, it's just bad. It's just I I really thought if they won that game last night it was gonna be a, a catalyst to 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 winning the division. And they, they just they played uninspired and it, it was it was just it was really it was really bad to watch. Yeah, I think I don't know. You know, I don't watch much Ravens football, but I, you know, I picked him to go to the Super Bowl. I think they're that level of a team, and and they, you know, they showed the stat last night. They're one of the few teams in NFL history that's had double digit leads in in, in their first nine games, and and they've lost three of them. And so I don't know what you know all what went into blowing all those games, but I, you know, the Saints just again, first of all. Saints have zero chance. They could play Judy's middle, and if they have a running quarterback, they're going to struggle against them. I mean, they just they uh, conceptually they have no idea what they're doing against a running quarterback. None, zero. Uh, and the problem is they can't stop the run when they give it to a running back, even because they're so worried about the running quarterback. And and uh, and, and second of all, they have got to figure out they've got to get Andy Dalton out of there, and they've got to figure out how to get Batman more involved. They just have to. And, and those and those last two points are the are the what I was going to say to your point of we struggle with running quarterbacks. How is that even possible? We have a running quarterback on our roster. We can practice against a running quarterback. Now he's not Lamar Jackson, but you can practice the scheme and practice the setup and have Taysom Hill play the role of Lamar Jackson and 
at least get the practice in. Like, it makes no sense that we're struggling against running quarterbacks when we have one on the roster. And what's happening with Andy Dalton is exactly what I thought would happen with Andy Dalton. It's, he's a backup quarterback. Yes. He's going to come in. He's going to come in and do backup quarterback things. They're going to win a few games, but they're not going to win enough games to, to make a significant run in the playoffs. Because or, he's or not good. Like, why, what are they not doing? Good. I mean, I, there's no future there. They, again, I understand why he did because, they, you know, we got a window here and Jameis was hurt and I know what I, I – you know, he, they didn't have any idea what Jameis was going to do he got in. Andy was giving him a little bit of consistency because if he's a veteran, but – his ceiling is so low, and they just – no more Andy Dalton. I just don't want to see it. I'd rather lose with, with, with Jameis Winston and at least find out what you got or don't have than lose with Andy Dalton. It doesn't do any good. So why, why, don't, they, why don't they do that? Because that, that, that's what makes sense. But Dennis Allen, is, he has no plans to make any changes at the quarterback position, even after what they see from Andy Dalton. It's just it's disheartening, and I, I can't do it anymore. I cannot do it anymore this season. Well, again, it, it the, the good side, again, there's my heart and then there's my heart. And what I mean by that, the actual physical heart, like heart attack heart, and then there's the heart, like the emotions. The emotions part um, is um, it's upsetting and heartbreaking and all that's frustrating and all that stuff that Nick just expressed. The actual physical health of the heart, it's probably going to do me good. Because, like, really, I'm like, it hit me last night after the game. I'm just, you know, numb with, you know, what in the world is going on here? How bad has this season been? And I'm thinking, I'm not really going to have, now, there's stress in life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sports stress. I'm not gonna have any sports stress unless ja- unless Jameis comes back and plays well. I'm not gonna have any sports stress until like next September, because like Major League Baseball, it's gonna be um, you know a hammock season. There's gonna be any stress at all next season for baseball. Uh, and in football, it's like the rest of the year. Unless Jameis comes back and plays well, then that uh, fight will be back. But unless Jameis comes back and plays well, there is no uh. I mean, they just – it's just – it's going to be a lot of – it's going to save me a lot of sports stress. Let's just put it that way. I got to try to find a bright side in, in, in this. It's just awful. That part, this you know, it's just dreadful. And again, the um, the Astro part is obvious. It's great, but I mean, there's nothing to pace about. Again, it's just it's it's your world champions. It's tremendous. You're going into an off season and a and a hammock season with no stress. You just sit back and enjoy it. Uh, by the way, um, Bob Nightingale sent out a tweet that said that the Astros. As I figured they had to do, I mean, this whole idea of we've been hearing for months now they're going to fire this guy, fire. I mean, how, how, you won the world title. How are you going to fire a bunch of people? But uh, it sounds like, according to this tweet that they discussed yesterday and that both general manager James Click and Dusty Baker, they the Astros plan to extend both of them, their contract for the for next season. 
and they're going to try to win back-to-back World Series titles. And on paper, again, one of the things about, you know, medicine seasons and all that stuff that I come, part of the wisdom or, or the attempt behind all that is to get people to understand that the game is not played on paper. It's to, you know, that was like when I first started all the, that mentality is to try to get people, you know, so many of us, and I fell into it too. If you win the title and you add a player, you say, man, we were this good last year. We're going to be even better next year. Sports just doesn't work that way. I started noticing that like decades ago. And that's, that's when all of that, these theories and like, you know, these, that we have fun with came from. We, we, we just, we look at things as on paper and it's not on paper, but. On paper, the Astros are going to be better next year if they make any kind of wise signings. They're, they're going to be better than they were this year. They're not losing anything of any consequence. And if they can, and they've got money, you know, suppose they're going to have $63 million to spend if they get one bat, one bat in the outfield or first base or wherever. On paper, they're going to be better. That doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series because sports happens. But uh, it looks like Dusty and Click are both coming back. So I think that's a good thing. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Camara bobbles it at the 20. He reels it in and he's got the ball. What a catch by Camara. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And your home for the NFL. Welcome back. I want to remind you the McNeese State Coaches Show will be from 6 to 7 tomorrow at Maplewood Burgers, sponsored by Line of Bed out of Westlake. Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Our friend Jim Gazzolo will be talking Cowboys coming off a, a nice win. And as they try to finish out the regular season, give a lot of hope till next year again. Co- McNeese State Coaches Show tonight, uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday at 6 o'clock from Maplewood Burgers located at 4453 Nelson Road. You can hear all of that right here on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. All right. Cajun basketball, doubleheader last night. Uh, the women won 55 to 48 over Houston. Obviously, a much tougher opponent than the men were playing. There were plenty of takeaway from both. I mean, when you play an overmatched opponent like Centenary, you're supposed to crush their face, and the Cajuns did. They beat them. 106 to 55, uh, 51 points, and it was, you know, it was never a competitive game like it wasn't supposed to be. But, you know, it's very difficult when you're playing one of these really, you know, overmatched win games um, to really judge what you're looking at. We already knew going in that Jordan Brown was really good, and, and he did really well last night. 26 points, 9 rebounds, and about 27 minutes to play. I would, I personally would have pulled him a little quicker, but, I mean, again, that's a discussion you can always have when you have a, a big lead. 
the thing that <clears throat> the thing that I my number one takeaway, the the most encouraging thing for me last night was the play of Terrence Lewis and and Jackson State transfer. I don't know if he's six seven like they list him at, but uh, Coach Marlin has been talking about him. And in press conferences, and, you know, I saw his name, read his bio, but you don't really know what a per- person's like until a player's like until you see him. And I got to tell you, I was, I really liked the way he moved on the floor, the way he rebounded, his presence. I, it's one game, and it was against Centenary. So, you know, I don't want to, we, we've all, you know, I remember after watching Duguay play one time, I was like, man, this guy's going to be this, this, and this, and none of that happened. But, and so uh, it's one game, it's one game. But I was really encouraged by what I saw from Terrence Lewis last night. Um, Themas Fulks, the point guard, uh, loved everything he said in the postgame interview. And on the floor, he had 10 points and seven assists and five rebounds and only one turnover in 22 minutes, a little over, you know, almost 23 minutes. So, he looked really good. Mike Thomas played a little too fast last night. Needed to slow things down a little bit. He had three turnovers in only 17 minutes, which is not good. But I, I still think he has a potential. I think point guard has a chance to be a good position. And it's been a struggle position for this team for a while now. And so that that that, that was very encouraging. First time I saw Chancellor White play and you know, he knocked down three threes. Jalen Dalcourt looked good. Joe Charles got 10 rebounds, 10 in 20 minutes. And so it was a lot to like, a lot to like from, from, from the performance last night. Now they go on the road this weekend, a tournament in Asheville, North Carolina, and we'll see what they do. But, I mean, it, there, there was certainly a lot to like. On the women's side, they turned it over 19 times. They're going to have to get a little better at that. Uh, he was worried about how many minutes Destiny Rice would play, and she played about 30 minutes, so that was encouraging from a physical stamina standpoint. And they got a nice win over a Houston team that beat them by uh, 12 or 13 last year So in Houston. So nice start. You know, speak, you know, their next game is Friday against Texas, you know, ranked top five in the country. So no one's really expecting them to win that game, but you saw some good signs from the women and a really nice win over Houston. So, again, lots to look forward to perhaps uh, on the basketball front for the Cajuns. Nice start for both of them. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Foot. Yes, sir. I, I, I got to help you and the, uh, the listeners out because y'all speaking some blasphemy. Okay, listen to the wise man. Now, I prepared y'all for this. One, y'all keep blaming Dalton for everything. It's not just the quarterback. The O-line didn't block well last night at all. The defense couldn't tackle a cold. They had that guy, Drake, looking like he was Thurman Thomas or Eric Dickerson out there. Okay, you look at the injuries, too. Now, if you have those two receivers that was out, Thomas and Landry, because you look like you look at Olavier, the way he playing, you had them two pieces, man. That offense would look a little different. We do need a run game. Jameis Winston, we saw since he came in the league enough for him. I've been with him since college. Saw enough for him. 
and they don't need the guy either. We saw enough of um, Taysom um, Hill at quarterback position. He's good at his gadget role. That's it. He do need more playing time. You have that guy, Sheed. He needs to be getting the ball a little more as well. Foot. It's not just Dalton. No one you said it was just Dalton. Coach, you, I mean, no one said it was just Dalton. Coach. The coach is a problem, too. No, but 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 again, you're not getting it. It's No one said it was just Dalton's fault. The problem is all these other guys that you mentioned, most of them are young guys that there, there's a potential for a future there. There is no future in Dalton. None. There's no future in um, Winston. We saw well, enough of them. We, we, Every coach he has. Jameis Winston has not played play. one real football game for the New Orleans Saints. He hasn't played one yet. It, yeah, it, it's did. time to play saw, him. Since he came on the team last year, foot till this year. We and saw he, nothing. No, he did, nothing no. He played in what on, four man. or five games last year. He was being spoon fed. It, it was not. It was not a real offense. He was running. It was. It was. It was not good. Uh, that, that did not count. What he did last year did not count in evaluating and where so what, what, he, what he can so be. What he did in Tampa didn't count either. What he did in Tampa has nothing to do with New Orleans. It, it has a lot to do because no. when a person shows you who they are, that's who they are. We saw we saw everything about Winston. He had chance after chance. The dude is a backup himself. No, he's not a starter. Taysom Hill is not a starter. We don't he have never a he never once an had anything resembling a running game in Tampa. Totally different situation. Of course, you got to run the football in the Saints. They didn't run the football enough last night. The problem was one of the times when he when he was with Bruce Aarons, they didn't run the ball. Same thing they do in this year. They don't run the ball enough. Exactly. But I mean, we only have one running back. We well, that, that's another problem. Justice, um, they, they've, been needing, they've been needing. They've been needing. Like they was the Raiders. They've been needing. No, they've been needing another running back for a year and a half, okay. and they refused to okay. address it. But, but look at that coach play calling. He uh, he had the same um, scheme that he did with the Raiders of last week. You can't come with the game, same scheme. You got to do some changes. He came with the same thing, thinking we're just going to run it down their throat with um, Camaro. And when we couldn't, it was like, what do we do now? Well, I didn't think they ran it that poorly. They didn't run it enough. Oh, we we couldn't do nothing, and he didn't know what to make. He didn't. Have, he couldn't make no adjustments when they got Camaro a, they, they, through the they, hole like he was doing with the Raiders. He couldn't make no adjustments. He didn't know what he's doing. He's not the guy for the job. But quit asking for a new quarterback. Ask for well, a new coach. Well, that, that, we don't have a. It's leader. silly to even talk about that right now. We're talking about things that are is time to talk about. Talking about it, it new is. coaches, not, not time for that. Coach, people did it. People firing their coach during the season anyway. Why we don't fire ours? He ain't, he ain't the guy. I've been saying it, Foot. I'm, I'm going to let you go, Foot. All right. Take care. Later. Again, Carmichael's had some nice moments this year, I thought. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't think they're using Batman enough. Of course, I didn't think Casper did either. Casper to quitter. I don't, I don't think he ever used Batman properly or enough. So, um, you know, at least now Batman's throwing some passes. I mean, we cried about that for years. Throw, that guy needs to throw passes. Now, he didn't throw – he's not throwing enough passes, but he, he, he needs to throw more. Look, if they're going to do what they're doing right now, which is play Andy Dalton, they might as well just play Batman at quarterback. I mean, it's going to be more effective than playing Andy Dalton. At least the defense will have to ad- deal with him. Right now, they don't have to deal with anything because they're not even playing Batman hardly. They got to deal with him like six or seven plays a game. That's nothing. I mean, they almost would be better off, and I know y'all hate Batman, but it would almost at least they'd have to tackle him 
Right now, Andy Dalton, the minute they get past the line, he's sacked. He has no chance. He just he just goes down. He's like Tom Brady, just goes down. He just says, okay, hit me. Uh, it, there is no, uh, just, can I, again, it's not about blaming Andy Dalton. He's the, Andy Dalton has done better this year than I thought he would. He's a veteran. He, he can get you. He, he's not a starting quarterback. He don't need to be out there. He can't throw the ball down the field. And maybe Jameis, if they play him, it's going to be a complete disaster. But you got to play him in real games. And, and if it's a disaster, then he's a disaster and you move on. But you have to play him in a real game to find out. Playing, watching Andy Dalton play doesn't do any good. None. It's got to stop. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out the first hour on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. You know, this is actually a good idea. I need to um, make the transition. I probably need a little of this in my life. You can listen to all your favorite Christmas classics or your local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Non-stop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at lachristmaschannel.com or download your free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Uh, That would do me some good. It would get my mind off of getting blitzed and having no chance to compete and just getting sacked and and um and 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 watching third and ones and third and twos result in punts while number seven is on the sideline watching those things are very difficult to um to to swallow and if you're listening to Christmas music then maybe you don't think about it as much so it's probably gonna do me probably gonna, I need I, I need I need to partake in that and hopefully it'll help other minds remain sane as we um, get into the holiday season really soon. So um, there are two things that I really don't like not doing. One of them is missing field goals, and the other one is missing free throws. Now, last night in the women's game, the women missed nine free throws. That's a little too many. Hopefully they can do a little better. And talking to Coach Broadhead after, he's like, he did not like the total focus in practice earlier. Oh, uh, well, I say earlier this week. I guess over the weekend or late last weekend, late last week. And 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 so, perhaps that was like a lesson in well, you got to be serious when you're shooting free throws in practice, when you're shooting extra free throws in practice. On the flip side, the men hit 26 out of 30. That was good to see, actually. Centenary hit 10 out of 11. So the two teams last night made 36 out of 41 free throws. That's pretty good. So that's good to see. I like Missing free throws to me is just a wasted opportunity. It's how you lose games. It's how you lose close games. And missed field goals is another great way to lose close games. Just a great way to do it. I mean, you want to lose close games, miss field goals, 
and missed free throws. I mean, those are – they're not free because you still got to execute, but they're free in that, you know, you're not talking about – you you should be talking about an 80 to 90% proposition. Like, what else is it – you know, no quarterback completes 80, per, 80 to 90% of his passes. None. No, no running back gets, you know, like – more than four or five yards, 80 to 90% of the time. It just doesn't happen. Like, there is no other time in these sports where you, where, where you have an 80 to 90% chance of succeeding. That's the, Those are the two areas where you can do it. So you got to take advantage of them. So it was great to see the men make 20. Now, there's no pressure because they, well, they won by 51. You know, there's different making free throws when you're up by 40 than it is making free throws when you're down by one or up by one. I get that. But still, it's good to see him make 26 out of 30. All right, that's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, you want to discuss the Saints and that awful performance last night, uh, certainly feel free to do so. If you still want to talk about LSU's great victory over Alabama, certainly can talk about that. Any thoughts, maybe we'll be talking with Cokie Riley tomorrow, so we'll talk a little bit more about the LSU situation, the great win, and maybe the role LSU could play in the in the in the in the big picture in the quest to try to finish in the in the in the final four, the top four. Uh Major League Baseball, if you didn't hear, it sounds like Bob Nightingale tweeted out anyway. They had big meetings yesterday around the parade, and apparently the Astros have decided to extend contract. Extension offers to James Click, the general manager, and Dusty Baker, the manager. So, and they're going to try to come back and and win another title. You know, Dusty, he I heard him say it during the year, just speculating if they won, and then after they won on Saturday, they um, they asked him, and he said, "Well, I got one. Why not try to win two? And 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 I think he really enjoys managing one. I think he really, really enjoys managing this team. And now, you know, he spent his whole career, or the back half of his career, hearing all this talk about how he's won all these games, but he never won a title. Um, a lot of people say, well, just retire. Well, I think he wants to go to all these cities now. You know, I think he wants to actually be an active manager with a World Series title to where all these people that have been asking him all these questions about why can't you win a title? Why can't, how do you win all these games and never win a World Series? Now he can, they don't have to ask him those questions. They can ask him different questions. And uh, I, I just, it's almost like a victory tour this next year. Now, I don't know how much longer he's going to manage because a lot of people think, bench coach Joe Espada, a lot of people thought he might get a job this this offseason. He interviewed. Um, I think there's a, sh- a strong sentiment that he's going to be the next manager of the Astros. So 
did they all kind of get together and say, okay, you stay one more year, Dusty has to do one more year, and if it doesn't work, then he's going to ride off into the sunset, retire at 74, and, Joe, you're going to become the max manager, which I've never seen anything but impressiveness from him, so I got no issues with that. And and he's already part of the team, so, so that's cool. But, no, I think it's going to be – for James Click, it's going to be a fun offseason because, yeah, he's got six free agents, but none of them played a huge role in the team really, uh, where well, a couple of them did, but most of them are very replaceable. And according to our friend Michael Schwab's text yesterday, they got he said they got $63 million to play with. Um, You know, you can't sign Shohei Otani, although the little MVP said they're not going to re- trade him anyway. You, you, you can't sign him or an Aaron Judge for that, but you can go pick up a bat somewhere. They just got to get one more bat and or figure out what they're going to do with Brantley. So it's it's exciting there. Or if you'd like to talk high school football, certainly that as well. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Footsie. Howdy, sir. So I, I, I was talking to Hannah. You know, I have to check on Hannah when I call in. Did you say that so Dusty's going to go one more year and then hand it off to somebody else? Well, that's speculation. What, what, the only thing that's close to news is supposedly the Astros have decided yesterday after meeting with them that they're going to extend contract offers through this next season for both the GM and the manager. Well, I wonder why they don't extend the GM a few more years. I mean, it seems like to me he's done a good job. They, they've been talking about firing him since the beginning of the season. I, I don't get it. But, um, I mean, it's all – how do you fire someone who just won the World Series? I, I don't even know why. I, I don't get it. But anyway, I, I'm not behind the scenes. So say they have philosophical differences. But, you know, because, for instance, he the GM made a trade for the catcher. Uh, Wilson Contreras for the Cubs is hot shot offensive catcher. Dusty said, no, I don't want him. I don't, I don't, I, Candy's my leader. I'm sticking with Candy. He's the leader of the team. He's the one everyone respects. I don't want a guy who's going to be the free agent and have to give him at bats. We're trying to win baseball games, not hit a bunch of home runs. So, well, different philosophy, but I, apparently they've meshed enough, and it's you know they're going to move forward together. Okay, so footsie. Now, since uh, I guess yesterday and today, I've now heard twice. I heard you say. When baseball season starts next April, you're going to be in the hammock. Hammock season, absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Okay. Because my grandmother once said, or she said more than once, she said, believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. <laughs> and trust me on this one. You know, okay. I, I don't want to say I don't trust you. <laughs> I'm just struggling like when they're going to go on a four or five game losing streak, you're just going to stay in the hammer. I, I, I'm just struggling with that concept. You understand? Get, give me more orange juice. Okay. Okay, because me, me and Peyton, we practiced. We practiced last time at getting in the hammer. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I told you. We, we, we practiced. So we, so we in good shape. We, we, we got the hammock down. Hey. I mean, uh, it's a great gift idea for someone in my family. Just give me a hammock for Christmas. That's right. Yeah. That's 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 absolutely right. And <laughs> as far as the Saints, I think I might just stay in the hammock and listen on the radio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because 
It's bad. I, I, I just, I, I just can't. You know, I can't go back to the seventies. I mean, you know, they had that man that called in, and that man said, "Well, I was born in the eighties. Just because you were born in the seventies, don't make you more of a fan. No, it doesn't. But I have suffered more than you, so <laughs> I'm not going back to the seventies. But see, I think I'm just, I think I'm just going to listen on the radio in the hammock, and that's going to be uh, my deal. That works. All right. All right. Well, we, I can't wait till next day for the, the, to see you in the hammock. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am waiting. I, did this, I, I mean, you know, I'm waiting more for this than Christmas. So we're going to see. All right. All right, pussy. Take I'll, care. I'll you okay. Later. <laughs> no, he, he's not. Bitter's not alone. A lot of people, my family doesn't believe me. Uh, a lot of people. They keep telling me, you, we don't believe it. You're lying. We don't believe it. I'm, I, I did it in 19. I'm, I mean, in 18. I don't know why y'all don't remember that. Hammock season. The only time I got stressed out in, um, in, the, in the Astros medicine season of 2018 was in the, NL, in the ALCS. I just... The, the Red Sox just got me aggravated to where I, I got to where I really wanted to beat them. But in my heart, I knew it was a medicine season and they weren't winning that series. But but I still, I don't know, sometimes when you're in the middle of a series, you know, you, you kind of you get aggravated with the other team. And so they kind of got me mad and aggravated. And they kept giving up hits to stupid Jackie Bradley Jr. And it made me mad. But until the ALCS, it was a total hammock season. But the postseason, you got to admit, is a little different. Like, I guess when I say hammock season, I guess it's talking about the regular season. You know, I was chilling through the first, but, the you know, the playoffs are a little different. But, no, no question, hammock season. It might even be two hammock seasons as good as this, this feels right now. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Yes, sir. How are you, buddy? It's T. Oh, man, that was a rough one last night. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, but getting back to your hammock thing, uh, I'm glad you get to enjoy that. You know, I don't think I'll be able to buy me one for LSU this year, but i tell you what, it's a, a much closer than I thought it would be. Yes, sir. Being able to buy one. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. But you see, I still think, and I understand it's easier when you're not a fan, uh, a diehard fan of a team, to to say this stuff. But I still think, if I'm an LSU fan, everything from here on out this season is line and gravy to me. I totally agree with yeah. that. I yeah. really do. Yeah. I really do. So, hey, enjoy the show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. The, the rest of this season should be a hand. I'm not saying it should have been from day one, but – you know, you had a great win against Ole Miss. You had a great win against Alabama. You had a really nice win against Mississippi State. The rest of this season should be line up. Now, if you end up, I'm not saying don't want to come win the national championship. If they give you a chance to win another national championship with two losses, you take it and you relish it, and it's great. Tremendous. Tremendous. I mean, I don't know if they could beat Georgia, if they even get to play Georgia. But, um, but, if you lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game, that's tremendous. <laughs> just tremendous. So, I mean, I, I think from here on out, it's just, you know, 
it, it's gravy. Now, next year, starts over. Expectations go up. After this, no question. They go up, different deal. I'm talking about the rest of this season. Gravy. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning, Kill. Good morning, sir. What a terrible game last night. I'm, I'm, a couple of callers ago, I agree with him about we all blaming. And I'm, I'm not blaming the quarterback for the loss or nothing like that, the red rifle, whatever they call him. But I tell you what, I've never seen a quarterback that has no sense of urgency. He don't step up in the pocket. Got three batted balls down last night, one with a pick. He don't look like a leader to me. He can't lead a receiver. It's all uh, button hooks and comebacks on receptions. And they, and but I'm not blaming him for the whole game. I'm not. Well, I'm not blaming him. I'm blaming the coach for putting him in the game so much. Like he just he what he is what he is. Like I said from day one, he has no ceiling. There's no future there. He he he's so limited. You can't. You can't you can't play that guy quarterback an extended period of time. They got to put Jamison in. If he can't get he can't get it done, then he can't get it done. But you got to find out, and I, and at least you're making some sort of progress. There's zero progress being made with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. None. I'm all in for that. I, I'm wait. I'm I'm ready for Jamison so bad. I'm so I'm tired of the. Of the red rifle. I mean, he don't smile. It looks like he's not enjoying it. it, it, it I mean, come on, man. Come on. No, he, 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 no, I'm done with him. I mean, I've been done with him from since the beginning. But, I, but again, I, I understand why they played him yeah. for a while. But now it's, it's over with now. It's done. It's time to move on. Exactly. Thank you, Kevin. That's all I got. Thank you. I appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Shift gears. Oh, I'm sure we might talk a little Saints, maybe a little Astros. I don't know. But mostly we'll talk about Cajun football with Cajun sideline reporter Cody Juno next on The Game. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Before we get to our special guest, your Alexa or Google Home speaker allows helps you out around the house, allows you to control your lights and thermostats and so much more. But did you know it can also help you play the game? Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing. Have the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles with you Everywhere, including your office, your home, and everywhere else you go by using Alexa or Google Home speakers. All right, we have with us Cajun sideline reporter Cody Juno, who I'm sure uh, enjoyed what happened late Saturday night in Houston as well. How are you, sir? I'm good, and you were worried about scoring runs. Well, I was, and they never did score runs, but I, I didn't think that, you know, it, did, it didn't work in 19, and it didn't work last year, but fortunately – not not scoring any runs and pitching all the way to the end work this year. Tremendous. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I, I'm still in awe, as I think most of us are, of that ball that Jordan Alvarez, you know, and of course, big shout out to Josh Fields. Yes. Um, I mean, goodness gracious. It was it was tremendous, and he was due for one, and he, he, did, he saved it for the exact 
right moment. And to your point, Josh Fields has now gotten the Astros two world titles. So uh, I think we all need to send that cat a Christmas card. Amen to that. All right, so things are not nearly as rosy on the Saints front or the Cajun football front right now. Um, You were watching the game, obviously, from a very different perspective than me Saturday, and you know I'm a big you-can't-miss-field-goal guy, and they missed too early, and and it kind of came back to bite them. But I wrote a column for Sunday's paper, and it was to me that whole game was just a study in momentum. I mean, it was just, you know, Troy had zero momentum. They complete one pass and the whole game turned around. Like, how do you make heads and tails of that whole situation? Well, no, I, I read your column and I think it was spot on because you could feel it down there on the field, right? Um, and I think it's the difference in where the Cajuns are this year as to where they've been in the past, right? In the past, the, the momentum and that sort of thing would have happened to, to the Cajuns, right? And it would have been no big deal. Here we go. All right, we got our play. Let's click. Let's go. And you could feel it, you know, at least to me on the Cajun sideline, it was, oh, here we go again. And, you know, uh, credit to Troy for the adjustments that they made. And, you know, I know the Cajuns had some injury issues that maybe altered what they did. But, you know, for me, uh, one of the things that I don't think we've talked about is despite the Cajuns running for 226 yards, they had a really hard time winning outside. And once Troy made the adjustments to slow things down in the run game, it was very, very difficult to find any openings to throw the football. And to me, that's one of the key differences in the contest. Um, you know, it, it seemed like the defense got worn down, and I think it was last week I asked you, not so much in an individual game, but just – the burden that they've been carrying all season. I'm just worried that and injuries can play into that, that this defense is just going to get, like, worn out. Like, overall, well, just and, – and, and I think I think we saw the first signs of that Saturday in the, in the fourth quarter. When you feel like you've got to play so fine and so perfect, right? Um, yeah, I think the mental load of that can certainly start to, to add up. And then when you take and add in the physical toll of now having played nine football games, yeah, it's a lot. Did did you get the sense – do you think he played Ben uh, after he did his Superman thing and and got injured in the end zone a little bit or whatever it was, that if he had – like if if Chandler had been playing, do you think Chandler would have finished the game or someone else – or do you think Ben was really physically in good position to try to seal the deal in the last quarter and a half? No, I, I think he was he was more than capable of doing it. Again, I go back to I just I don't think the Cajun wide receivers won. There was no space to throw the football. Uh, it became clear that the Cajuns were going to struggle to run the football. And when you're not winning outside, pass rush heats up, and you know if there's nowhere to go with the football, the sacks are going to get home, and that's kind of what happened. You know, they tried the the. the the part that was peculiar to me is right after the, the whatever, 20-play, eight-minute drive that um, at the end of the, third, to end the third quarter that Troy had, the Cajuns had uh, just shy of 200 yards rushing at that point, and they came out and called three straight pass plays, but it was quick pass plays. It was Well, the first one was like a slant to arrow, and then the second one, he dropped back to pass and then tried to run, and then he just got a few yards. And then the third down play was a, a slant to, to arrow again, and, and there was just a 
I was surprised they didn't try to run the ball there. Yeah. Uh, now, we don't know if some of those are maybe checks out, especially on that first down slant play, right? That could be. Um, you know, there. But, again, what happened was you got behind the sticks, and when you were one-dimensional offense at that point in time, it's hard to it's hard to get things moving, and that's what we've seen. It'll be one of the Cajuns' biggest Achilles heel this year. You know, we've talked about coaching staffs and getting out coached and game planning, and obviously the Cajuns' game plan was great for that game. I mean, they came out. I don't think a lot of people realize that they had six consecutive possessions against a supposedly one of the elite defenses in the Sun Belt where they got at least two first downs. I mean, like they can after the first drive, they had six straight possessions where they got at least two first downs. And most of them, they got more than two first downs. So they were consistent. The game plan by the coaching staff was great. It just seemed like they ran out of steam in, in the fourth quarter. Didn't finish, right? And, and credit to Troy, it's what we've seen them do. They've kind of, you know, as good as their defense has been, they, they've let some people move the ball at times but haven't allowed people in the end zone. And so you get those two, you know, one field goal was blocked and one was just missed. But you got to find a way to get into the end zone, right? And and that is the key. And, that's, again, another area where the Cajun offense has struggled, and that's getting to pay dirt, right? Finishing drives, putting good things together, um, and just the inability to finish. And, uh, you know, obviously that uh, I came back and, and, and bit the cases in the behind. You know, I was thinking Zylan Perry was going to get more carries, and then he fumbled, and I'm like, oh, no, that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not yep. a good thing. And then we didn't see him much after Yeah, that. it's, uh, it's not a good thing. That 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 was um, pub ball. But, yeah, all just, right. Just, just four carries, right? So, even before Saturday's game was playing, was played, I'm like, I don't like this Georgia Southern game. Because most of the season, the Cajuns have been playing against teams in the Sun Belt, good record or not good record, that mostly are defensive-oriented teams that run the football, the passing games, just, uh, okay. Well, this is probably the best passing game in the whole conference, or at least in the top two or three. I think that's much tougher to prepare for on a short week than a good than a good power running football team. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of beats the alternative of you know, and whether they were true triple option beforehand or not, right? Um, you know, you have an ability, you understand kind of what they're doing. Um, you know, look again to me, it's it's this is going to be more the onus of if we understand. What we just talked about a little bit ago, maybe the Cajun defense starting to get fatigued mentally and physically. This is going to come down to the offense. Who can score more points, right? And and so can the Cajuns – now, let's talk ball control for a second. If the Cajuns come out and have the rushing performance that they did Saturday night again on Thursday, maybe they can slow down, you know, Georgia Southern's ability to control the football and put their defense in a better position. So for me, again, this is going to come a lot a lot more onto the shoulders of the Louisiana offense, staying in front of the chain, staying on schedule, and taking care of the football and finishing drives. The thing that was ironic is the Cajuns were only the second team all season to rush for 200 yards, and no one against Troy, no one even had a, as many as any more than 155, and yet they did it without their – starting right, t- right tackle, and they're starting right guard. And I don't know if they're going to play this week or not. It, you know, in a short week, you kind of think maybe it, it's not. And so 
you know, it. I still think you know. I was I was impressed by that. I I I, I did not believe that was possible going into that game. Yeah, I, I don't know that the numbers have reflected it, but the running game has seen has at least seemed to, to have a little bit more life, right? As we gotten later into the season, and so I get that's a good sign. The problem is finishing, finish, 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 finish drives, and I got to believe that's the message this week. Uh, you know, as the Cajuns prepare on, on a short week for Georgia Southern. You know, they they keep saying, and they're trying to motivate their team with, um, you know, you still can go to a bowl, which is still theoretically possible. That's true with three games left. The problem is you can get bowl eligible and still not make a bowl. And I haven't done an intense study on this, but it sure no, seems think, like there's I, a I lot of teams that are going to be bowl eligible this year. No, I think the numbers will, will be okay. I think the Cajuns will be – again, I think you get to six wins you're in. You know, and, and to, to kind of back that up, the NCAA actually took a bowl game away because uh, – I say took a bowl game away. Brett McMurphy had a report yesterday, um, whether it's 41 or 42. I think it was supposed to be 42, and they did the math, and basically there's only going to be enough bowl eligible teams for 41 bowl games. And this was one of those kind of iffy games that was taken away and put in place if needed. And, and, and so they're only going to have the 41. So they'll have enough. Again, get to six, and, and the Cajuns should be in. But but how, how many Sunbelt teams do you think are going to be bowl eligible? Well, you know, I mean, if, if you – again, if – it doesn't necessarily matter, but I do think, and talking to some folks in the Sunbelt yesterday, that that backup agreement with, um, you know, the Independence Bowl that they announced last week is going to come into play, meaning that there's, there, you know, the Conference USA is not going to reach its threshold, meaning that that backup agreement is going to happen. I think there will be enough, um, you know, as, as I pull up the, the standings here, there's going to be enough. You get to six, you should be in, right? We know that uh, as of right now, Coastal Carolina is in. App State's at five wins. Georgia Southern's at five wins. Marshall's at five wins. Troy seven and two. South Al seven and two. Southern Miss is five. Uh, ULM with just three. Cajuns have four. Texas State has three, and, and Arkansas State is two and seven. So they've been eliminated. Now for the Cajuns to get bowl eligible, they would eliminate Texas State, right? So you can take that one away. Um, uh, and you're going to have to go back and look at who else played. You don't think the Sun Belt can get to nine? You don't think they can get to nine? Do I think who can get to nine? The Sun Belt. Nine teams bowl eligible? Yeah. Um, you know, again, all right, so ULM is three and six. If, if we play this game here real quick, they've got games at Georgia State, at Troy, at Southern Miss, right? Uh, you got to believe that they are probably going to be underdogs at Georgia State and at Troy. And then Southern Miss could be playing for its bowl life as well, right? So, again, we talk about where the schedule stands, you know, so I don't think they're in. Um, we talked about Southern Miss. Does, do they get that sixth win against Monroe? They got to go to Conway this week. Then they get uh, South Alabama. So you figure that they're probably going to be playing bowl eligibility in that last week. So, no, I, I think the way the schedule, just looking at it here briefly, it, it, shaped, it is shaping up um, that there won't be all that many bowl eligible teams. All right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. But obviously, the first chore is you got to win Thursday because if you don't win, if you don't win Thursday, then you're looking at having to win at Florida State, and I don't know that anybody thinks that's going to happen right now. I'm right there with you again. That's another another reason why Saturday stung so much uh, for for the Cajuns, right? 
Because now you basically put yourselves, your backs against the wall as far as reaching that, that six-game you know, threshold uh, that if you don't take care of business on Thursday, well, then you've got to win at Florida State, and then you've got to beat Texas State to close out the year. All righty, sir. Well, it's it's like I said, it's been a range of emotion. On one hand, you got the Astros. On the other hand, you're trying to lick wounds with the Cajuns and the, and the Saints. It just kind of keeps you humble, I guess. Yes, indeed, my friend. Yes, indeed. All right. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much. You got it. We'll talk to you next week. Cody Junos, Cajun sideline reporter. He is a whole lot more optimistic. Again, I've just kind of glanced at it. Sure seems like there's a lot of teams that are still bowl eligible with a chance uh, with three or four games left. So I I don't know that it's his – I mean, Cody was very optimistic about getting uh, six wins, getting you in. Um, I am – was at first glance not that optimistic. Of course, the first things first. You got to win Thursday. That's going to be a tough, tough matchup against a really good passing team. We'll see how it takes place. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. All right. Well, we have talked done our weekly visit with Cody Juno. So if you would still like to get in, talk about the Saints, the Cajuns, the Tigers, in football or basketball or Major League Baseball or high school football, certainly we'll have this last segment. Yeah, phone lines are open if you would like to get in on the game. Hotline 706-0111. 706-0111. Also want to remind you to look for whether it's socking stuffers or just a night out or – this football season is getting the best of you, and you just need to go out and have an evening out. You need to, you can get some great opportunities by going to the Game Rewards Club, where you could win a hundred fifty dollars gift certificate to Mister Lesser's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou, or twenty five uh, gift certificate for Mabel's Kitchen, or maybe a fifty dollars gift certificate from Half Shell Oyster House, as well as other prizes that come up seasonally. But you can't win any of them if you don't join. So go to. 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Um, I was We were talking earlier about just the incredible conflict going on for me as like a sports fan right now. And got all this work, you know, it's a busy time of the year. And you got the Astros winning it all, which is great. And the Saints season is sinking really, really, really fast. Just look awful. The, and, 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 then there's fantasy football. I'm eight and one, should be nine and zero if I hadn't tanked a week, uh, and ended up tanking was stupid because if I'd have played my normal guys out of one, so I should be nine and zero right now. But I'm but I'm riding Josh Allen, and now Josh Allen is hurt. Now we don't know how serious it is yet. It's just like man. Finally, everything piecing together for my fantasy team. And and the centerpiece of it all is injured. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I might have enough of a lead if he's out for three or four weeks. But if he's out for the season, another giant paw ball. We'll see how that plays out. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. 
congratulations. Thank you, sir. Wasn't pulling for you, but I'm congratulations. I, I understand. I'm, I understand. I'm happy for you, Kevin. I understand. Fact, Thank I you. you. I know you were happy for me last yes. year with the football thing. So, uh, and the Bucks. What's that? And with the Bucks. Oh, and with the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I might have, I might have a good season right there too. But I mean, Kevin, man, it's like, it's like, you understand what fool's goal is? Where you, you you get, you know, even like when Lucius holds the ball for Charlie Brown to kick it. Yeah, that's what I feel about this Cajun basketball. Well, I want to believe, but then ah, every time we think it's going to happen, a bad ball and the coach team always seems to let it down. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I get it. In fact, I and and, and I kind of cringed a little bit when they got picked to fair. I was kind of hoping they'd get picked like third, maybe. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot of good pieces. Again, the thing that to me has been the biggest problem is they haven't been able to consistently hit three pointers, and they haven't had good enough point guard play. But I, I really think that the point guard play is going to be the best that it's been in three or four years, and we'll see if the if the if they can consistently hit the threes or not. What point guard are you talking about? Is he a true freshman? He's what not, now? Not Thomas. Not, not Thomas. The other point guard you're talking about. He wasn't on the roster last year, wasn't he? No, he's new. Yeah, he's he's a junior college signee. And uh, I, I know it's the same question that we ask every year. And look, I love the kid. I, I wish it would have better luck, but. Julian's hurt again. How long is he going to be out for, Kevin? Wait, who is that? Kobe Julian? Well, they're saying Kobe Julian is going to be back for conference play and he's going to start practicing again the uh, the first week of December was the last report we heard. But well, And again, you, you don't know how long Kobe's going to be able to, you know, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, you know, it's at the point now, like you're saying, whatever you get from him is Lanyam. Now, he almost made it through the whole season last year, but he didn't quite do that. Uh, he, you know, he could add an extra element, no question, but you just, you have to almost look at that as Lanyam to me. I feel sorry for that kid. They yes. play so hard when he's on the court. You he know, does, I, I, yes. Better things should be coming his way. Yes. But anyway, again, Kevin, before I let you go, congratulations, buddy, and uh, you have a good day. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, I understand it. Again, you can root against someone's team and still be happy for that fan, especially if they're a good fan. Uh, so, no, I, I appreciate those sentiments. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kev, man. I had the game on last night, Saints, and I was getting a little bit upset. My wife kind of she, – she, she said something finally good. She's like, Chad, why are you getting so upset? Be fortunate that the LSU Tigers – are two two years ahead of schedule. And I'm like, man, where's she getting this information from? Two years ahead of schedule. They're doing good. Be grateful that you have a team. Uh, so I thought about you, and I said, I'm, I'm going to call Kevin today and pass that along. Your Astros won. Be grateful. Be happy. Uh, and we just got to look forward to next season for the Saints. But, Kevin, let me, let me make one comment about uh, Kelly and LSU. Uh, the years past in the past, we've always had the athletes to compete with anybody, uh, compete with Bamba. But this year and from, I hope that in the near future, uh, we finally have a coach and coaches that we, we've lost it between the headsets uh, the last 10, 15 years to Alabama. Uh, I think, uh, pardon the pun, but I think the tide is turning. Uh, and I just want to know what you think about that as well, my man. Thank you, Kev. I agree. Look. Some a, a small portion of this is 
tongue-in-cheek and just being fun and silly. But there's also some seriousness to it, some legitimacy to it. You know, we talked about you went from Elmer Fudd to Yosemite Sam. Now, Brian Kelly is not a Cajun. He's a Yankee. He just is. He's not going to get along. He's not going to be, people are not, a lot of fans are not going to like him. He's not going to be friendly and sociable at coaching shows. He's not going to be friendly and sociable when you talk to him on the street. He, he's, you know, he's, he's you know, I, I kind of think his mom, like I don't even think Nick Saban's mom likes him, but I, I kind of think Brian Kelly's mom at least likes him. But he's a Yankee, he is what he is. But again, he's not a cartoon character. Like, he's a football coach. And and uh, no, I think I, everything Chad said, I, I agree with. Uh, you know, again, he's not a coach you're gonna love. I, now you're gonna love the results. I don't think South Louisiana people are ever gonna love Brian Kelly, the man, ever. But they're not gonna. You know, this is like, um, you know, Shaw's for hire. I mean, it's just, you know, it, he is what he is. He's a football coach. He's a Yankee football coach who's trying to win games, period. And I remember when they hired him, I, the, the thing that I was the most encouraged about, I think that they're they're going to do things a certain way. Uh, I think they're going to be good on the line of scrimmage. And like someone called yesterday and said, yeah, he didn't have this history of winning these big games, but again, it's it fits right into what everything else that I always talk about or we talk about so much. You have it, 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 the coach doesn't play. A coach can only do so much. Like you have to have, and how many of those big games would did he have more talent on the field? The answer probably is none of them. So, because you get beat by someone else doesn't mean that you can't beat them if you have more talent than them. It's easy to beat Nick Saban. He almost always has more talent than the team he's playing. Like, how many times in the last 20 years has Nick Saban not had more talent than the team he was playing against? How many times? I don't think we, we need both of our hands for that in the last 20 years. You realize how few times that guy's beaten someone that had more talent than him? Very few. And so, no, I think he's going to. I think he's going to do fine. But again, he's not going to be popular. It's just what you want. Like, if you're a guy or a lady who's a big fan and you like having personal relationships with the coaches and players, then that's, that's well, maybe the players, but that's not going to happen with him. But if you're just a fan who roots for LSU and never meets him and doesn't care if you meet him, then you're going to like him just fine. I mean, because he's a legitimately successful football coach. He's been... He's been successful at really small schools. He's been successful at mid-major. He's been successful at Notre Dame, mid-major in Cincinnati. And, and I think he's going to be successful at LSU. He already is. So, no, I think that's all that's accurate. All right, if you have any uh, final thoughts, uh, certainly we got a few more minutes left if you would like to call on the game hotline, 706-0111. And, again, we'll be talking more. Brian Kelly and LSU football in the big picture with Cokie Riley tomorrow. But no, it's um, it's it, you know again, it, it's about perspective. That's what chat the message of Chad's call basically was. Michelle did the same thing to me last night. She said, "So you're gonna let 
The Saints ruined your mood, essentially, what she said, when the Astros just won the world. But, I mean, it's just, for people that don't get that, it's just, it's like one fight is over, and you won, and it's tremendous. It's tremendous to win the world. But now I have this other fight, and I'm in the middle of it. And it, and it, and it, and it looks like it's going to be a loss. It looks like, they're, you know, the train's about to run you over. So it's depressing. I mean, I can be excited and thrilled and completely content and satisfied. You know, not, not only did the Astros win the World Series, but like we talked about yesterday, you could make a legitimately a legitimate argument that they've just, the last six years is the best six-year stretch. I think, like, statistically, it's the best six-year stretch since the Yankees in the 50s. And I could argue it's even better than that because the Yankees in the 50s, they went, they automatically got to go to the World Series. They didn't even have to earn their way to the World Series with, with playoff victory series wins um, and maybe get knocked off like the, like the punks did and like other teams get knocked off because it happens, especially in baseball. So all those teams for the first 100 years of Major League Baseball, they never had to worry about a five seed beating them or a four seed or, in the case of the Phillies, a six seed beating you that just can get hot at the end of a season, which can happen in baseball. In the first 100 years, teams didn't have to worry about that. So you could argue what the Astros have just done in the last six years more impressive than even what the Yankees did in, in the 50s when they were just completely dominant and in, in, in the World Series seemingly every year. So it's tremendous. on, And they got all this money and they're not losing. I mean, they're young. I mean, it's just tremendous. But on the other hand, I've got the Saints who are sinking and sinking fast. So I can be happy, totally happy and content with one and be totally in an almost comatose state in the other. Uh, again, and you wonder why my mind is all crazy. I mean, it's been like this. The last two years from us, it's just been crazy. And um, I'm just glad we got the joy of the Astros World Series to smooth the edges, give us a little more perspective. Or in Chad's case, the um, the great LSU victory over Alabama and uh, having a, a surprising season ahead of schedule to kind of smooth the edges from the other teams that aren't going as well. It's just kind of what it's like being a sports fan. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show next on The Game. Ooh, welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on The Game. I want to get back to FedEx Man's comment. Uh, look, there are no guarantees. I, I, I get what he's saying uh, about the Cajun men's basketball program, but it's like that for the Saints or LSU or any team. I mean uh, – you know, when, when you're a fan of the team and you put your heart and soul into it, there are no guarantees they're going to be good. There are years where you don't think they're going to be good and they turn out good, and then there are years where you're convinced yourself they're going to be great like the Saints this year. It turns out it's not the case. Um, there are no guarantees. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying I do see Greg Williams, for instance, looks healthier. Um, I think Femus Folks and Michael Thomas is going to be the best point guard situation that the Cajuns have had in quite a while. Um, Chancellor White's a true freshman, but he looks like he made three threes last night. They both of his free throws. It looks like he's got a chance to be to give him some offense off 
the bench. Jalen Dalcourt can do the same thing, give them defense and offense. I just think that it's the best mixture. And that's why I was so excited to see how Terrence Lewis looked last night. Because, I, you know, again, he was, you know, a little bit later in the whole deal of George joining the roster. And, I, you know, if I saw him play for Jackson State, I certainly don't remember. So I didn't really know anything about him. But I don't know, just the way he moved last night. And, again, it, I know it's difficult because they were playing centenary. I, I, I get that, too. I mean, it, I'm trying not to get totally fooled by this one game, and it's not so much the one game. I just It just seems like the um, there are more boxes checked off with this team, it seems like, than in the last three or four. And... Um, Jordan Brown looks extremely focused. But we'll see. I mean, it's it's obviously it's extremely early. I mean, you know, they're gonna go, the Cajuns are gonna go to North Carolina and play in that tournament in Asheville, Harvard, and like, you know, we'll see how how they do. And if they win, doesn't mean they're gonna be great. And if they lose, doesn't mean they're gonna disappoint. It's just, you know, it's the first weekend. But um, no, it it seems like they're going to be better at point guard. Point guard play has been a major problem in the last couple of years. Major problem. And uh, it seems like they're going to be better. We'll see. And, again, I don't know how Themis Folks is going to do long term, but I know this. He seems to have the right attitude. And he's, I mean, I'm very impressed. With, I mean, I remember when I interviewed him when the Cajuns signed him on the phone, he was very impressive. He, he's impressive. I, I really like him. And we'll see um, – how it all plays out, but still, you got to make shots, and I mean, it's it's the it's one game, so I get the hesitation, but I am encouraged by the boxes that have been, that have seemingly have the potential to be checked off. Just a good the structure of this team, the puzzle pieces put together seem to fit on this team. We'll see if they can stay healthy for one and can get it done when they absolutely need to. That's why you play the season. All right, appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.